<laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to In the Background, the Moving Movement of Moving. Um, actually, welcome to episode 36 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen X or a millennial share the strength based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. We are in the middle of moving offices, so mm-hmm. I feel like we should give a little. <laughs> So all of the ripping that you hear is not somebody ripping their pants. It's all I feel like it sounds like. It's just tape in the background. It also sounds a little bit like toilet noises, so I want to be sure and clarify that. A little fun story. Back when I was doing community theater, it happened more than once where someone would have their mic on and forget. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes. And go to the restroom. no. And their mic was on. Oh, no. Oh. It happened. That's like those things that you see on TV. Do you ha- are you like me, and how is this strength related? Because I always think it's my empathy. If I know someone's going to be embarrassed, even if it's in a TV show or a movie, I can't watch it. Oh, yeah, it makes me cringe. So I think that's my empathy, but maybe it's something different. Maybe it's And the I have empathy in my top ten, yeah. so it might be empathy, that, which is hard to believe, right? Um, we've <laughs> been trying to wrestle with that recently. Um, and... But yeah, I don't know what it is. I think it's probably just something in human nature that we are, we all know the feeling of being embarrassed, right? I can't, I can't watch it. Now, however, if someone's going to fall or oh, trip, no. I can watch that all day long. <laughs> really? Did you, well, probably not because you're not on Twitter. Um, so Nebraska, and this is amazing that I know any of this, but Nebraska basketball is doing really well. Okay. And Coach Miles is a really lovely character. I've yeah. interacted with him a couple times. Yep. Um, he's really good with fans. Um, he came over to our table one night at Barrymore's and took a picture with us. He's a really great guy. And um, he's kind of zany. Huh. Like um, yep. our friend Tom Miller, zany. Mm-hmm. Kind of you just, everything yep. is a dance. And he fell while he was waving <sighs> after they won. Or maybe it was at halftime. He fell leaving the the um, stadium or whatever you want to call it, basketball gym leaving what is the stadium leaving clearly we know a whole lot about this sports um, he, he left he fell leaving that's all I'm going to say and he <laughs> rolled like fell while he was waving rolled got up and did the safe thing and I I have watched this there are th- like two or three different angles. I have watched it at least 20 times, and I cry laughing. <laughs> Probably because he's so good about it. Um, also because I think when people fall, it's really funny. Now, <laughs> that doesn't line up with if I know someone's going to be embarrassed. But mo- Okay, now I'll strength spot. <laughs> it's my empathy communication. Because if someone's going to be embarrassed, it's usually I can't watch it if it's based on their words. Oh, okay. So if they're going to stand up and say, hello, everyone, welcome to the gymnasium, and it's not a gym, like me, I can feel myself doing that. Oh, okay. So I think that's probably where the strength spotting comes in. Okay. Hmm. That's good. I think that's a pretty accurate strengths spot there, communication. I think for me... And maybe this was like, a, okay, everybody's been embarrassed, but maybe it's my context that, like, I can remember it so clearly when I've been embarrassed. So anything like falling, um, tripping, saying words that you wish you could take right back, like those memories are so poignant to me 
that I can just feel what I feel and I don't want others to feel that way. So that's a great, that's a great strength spotting in the way that empathy could be different. Mm-hmm. So we've had a lot of questions about that. I've had some recently around, okay, well then this is why I do it this way. Well, not necessarily. Um, yeah. Cause strengths doesn't define your every move and decision. Yeah. Strengths is indicate as an indicator of yeah. you at your greatest talent, at you at your most natural self, but it, mm-hmm. your experiences, your values, all of those things come into play. And I think yeah. context with empathy and communication with empathy look, look a little different. bit different. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Huh. We, we've had some good questions that have come our way um, recently around strengths, and one in particular has been around um, balcony and basement. Mm-hmm. And I know for um, both you and I, Tess, we really we try to stay on the 101 level when we're first starting to talk about strengths because yep. really that's what that's what we want for people to do. We want them to focus on how do you use this in your mm-hmm. best days? When are you in moments of flow? When do you feel like, mm-hmm. yes, this is me? Yep. That's that initial stage of naming, yep. I feel. When we get a little bit deeper into claiming and aiming mm-hmm. is where we might start talking a little bit more about basement. Yeah. But what I have found is that human nature, um, mm-hmm. we have a tendency to be able to see them in the basement yeah, quicker mm-hmm. sometimes than we can see them in the balcony. I used the phrase lesser talent mm-hmm. the other night during yeah. a training session in Mullen and everyone laughed and because I, w- I refused to say weakness. Yeah, And it was good. kind of funny how they recognized that that's what you were that saying. That's deliberate language yeah. from me. That's good. Um, and I, mm. I think that when we, as we kind of talk about this today here on Jenna Millie, I want people to keep in mind if you're brand new to strengths spend time in the in the balcony yep. spend some glorious sunshine time on the balcony part of strengths yep. because that's really going to serve you best yeah um, but when your strengths when you're ready to discover how your strengths might yeah. be in the basement also I think we could talk a little bit about raw Yeah, for sure. And I think it's such a good topic for us to dig into today because, you know, the process that Gallup proposes for development, you know, developing your strengths is naming, claiming, aiming. And I think that we're so quick to get to the aim part. Like, how do I use these? How do I integrate these into my life that we forget that knowing and understanding our balconies is part of the claiming process. And while I think that's a cyclical process, you can go back to claiming, you can jump back to aiming, you can jump back to having to name them. Like we talked about going back to the initial reports several times and how helpful it is just to name them with that pure language that our experience hasn't distorted yet um getting to understand our basements is a vital part of the claiming component so then we can aim them and i think that in in coaching and talking with people and just being in kind of a really tough season in my own life personally uh, what i've come to recognize is that when we have tough days i think it's less about our strengths our lesser talents trying to function and it's actually more about the basements of our top strengths trying to function and I think that's a really important distinction that we think okay I'm I'm in a tough situation at work it's probably trying to use my discipline futuristic 34 33 right when probably it isn't it's probably my top five my top 10 that are actually just in a really raw basement mode Um, And I think it's important to recognize that distinction and be able to flush that out to then say, okay, how do I work myself out of the basement? How do I get back to the sunshine moments? It's important to recognize them. It's strengths isn't about, 
you know, always living in the balcony, but it's also about like trying to get you out of the basement, right? We don't want to dwell in the basement. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to dig into it. It's kind of like the practice of gratitude where mm-hmm. um, we wouldn't be able to practice gratitude if we didn't have some crappy days. Yeah. Yep. And I think we all do. Um, and I think those that have a high level of resilience and have mm-hmm. experienced a lot of difficult, yeah. a lot of difficulty, um, are more likely to grasp the concept of gratitude yeah. as a practice. That's good. And I, I don't know if you've dug in uh, to Simplify Magazine this season. Not it's a, a great lot. one around okay. um, generosity and gratitude. Okay, yeah. And how, especially around generosity, you begin by giving, not mm. saying, oh, after I do all of this or after everything else is yep. paid, you, you start with giving and they talk mm. about the concept of giving just a little yeah and what that feeling does Interesting. Um, kind of like the same thing with gratitude mm. you start with just a little and it can be the simplest of things I'm um, I try really hard every night to write things down but I'm trying now to start in the, the start of my day mm. you know what am I grateful for at the start of my day as yeah. well and at the end so I have these two bookends of grateful moments yeah Mm. and um I'm following a blog called um, habitual gratitude and she writes just this tiny bit each day and then it it shows up in my inbox and she gave a great story kind of metaphor around um I think I think she might be from the midwest I'm guessing but a rabbit and the way that the rabbits have tried to now come back to spring but they've had to last and survive through this horrible winter too Mm. And they're trying to find their way. And she saw this rabbit in her yard and had this moment of realization that there are these similar things in the survival mm. and the way that all of us may be at struggle points with this horrible winter. Yeah. Um, but the recognition mm. that, that spring is, is still coming. coming. Hmm. And she tied it back to gratitude. It was much more beautiful than that horrible job that I did describing that. But um, I think that it's... It's like that with strengths, too. Mm. And if we don't have some moments in the balcony, we probably won't recognize, or moments in, in the basement, basement. we probably mm-hmm. won't recognize the balcony moments as much. Mm. Um, I think for me, when things are difficult, and if I'm in a, a week or a day or a season of challenge or struggle, the hardest part for me is being able to name what I need mm. and to ask for that. Sure. And if I ask for what I need and run into rejection or humiliation or embarrassment for asking for what I need, hmm. then my input goes immediately to the basement. Hmm. My questions aren't being answered. I don't have enough information. And if I don't have enough information, I can't take steps forward. Hmm. So I've thought about that actually quite a bit recently because it's really, really hard for me to ask for help. Hmm. Very, very difficult for me. Um, I don't know if that's a family thing, mm-hmm. if that's a young Allison thing, if that's a generational thing, I don't know if that's a gender mm-hmm. thing, I don't know what it is, but I have a really, really hard time asking for help. Hmm. Interesting. I think it might be an input thing as well, having the reliance on collecting the resources and information yourself. Mm-hmm being assured that you can do it well and probably better than most people um hmm, that's really good Mm -hmm. so i've been 
I've been musing over this idea of um, just when you presented, because I've just been in and I've shared a little bit, and I think about just like a really hard season of life right now. And um, and so I think, and one of the things that really kind of came to a head on Monday, we just started a new series at church on this concept of being living invitations. So being embodiments of an inviting person right so like and and the pastor he started out pastor less like talking about you know just by looking at someone if they're inviting or if they're not right like you know if you feel comfortable you know having a conversation with someone or not like you gauge that right away within the first few seconds of noticing them and we we did we talked monday night we have our young adult group that i lead and we were talking a little bit about it and i was just really struggling and and even like the morning before um the message on sunday like i just had the sense to pray for people who aren't naturally that way right people who aren't like all these stories about you know people sharing with the person they sit next to on the plane about Jesus and um and learning about the life of the the cashier at the grocery store and I'm like and all these people that are opening their homes right now to those who are are stranded are stranded yeah okay they don't think twice about it right okay so I love that example and slightly different from where I was going (laughs) so but okay so I've opened up my home right to a couple that are in a couple of my friends who just bought a house in Valley and have now been evacuated, um, bought this house a few months ago, brand new homeowners, brand new married couple, um, and was so, you know, excited and um, they might be staying with somebody else. But, but I do not want to talk to the person next to me on the plane. I do not want to engage with my cashier at their grocery store. I'd much rather go through self-checkout. That's the best thing I think that's ever been invented. And I just like, in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, do I hate people? Like, and I know I, okay, I know I don't. <laughs> I know I don't hate people, but sometimes I just hate people. And, and gosh, so. You, you make me feel so <laughs> much better because sometimes I do too. Right? Okay. So I've had such a frustrating week. We've had so many like system issues and like so many more things that have come on, like with the move and all these things that are happening, which we're going to happy hour after. So we'll discuss off air. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but, but one of the things I was just thinking about is like, oh my gosh, like when I was trying to describe, so someone asked in the group in this conversation when I was kind of describing like most of the time I walk around the grocery store with my AirPods in listening to my book or listening to podcasts or Seriously. music. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I know I'm probably missing divine interactions where I'm supposed to interact with someone, but I just can't. Like I just can't get myself, especially right now. I just cannot get myself to do that. Right. So, and I love being in reading my book or being listening to the podcast or whatever because so you're doing it not because you want to avoid people but because you're into your because I'm into my book or into the right Right. like it's not like a I don't like like people I don't want to interact right like I'm putting fake pot my fake ear pods in so that I don't have to talk to no I definitely I have them in and I usually actually have them like over so people don't see that I'm listening to something but I'm like so engaged in whatever story I'm listening to or you know I just reread Harry Potter so it's a whole nother thing you know like I've been every snippet like a little quote about that but um but so most of the time so someone asked okay why is it um and someone in the group that's he's very extroverted he talked all about okay I think most people don't like to interact because I've had a fear of rejection in those previous interactions and I'm like all of these like and and he you know talks a lot in our group normally and it's hard as the leader to try and like who man chill kid like okay we're all let everyone speak here but I just kept thinking gosh I and he he never has felt that way and I think that's not how I feel at all I think it is 
a basement of some of my strengths now that I'm flushing it out that it is I've high intellection high learner high input high context and for me I tried to describe it to him and I just don't think he gets where I'm coming from but I am like I am in my own world and I get to be in my own thoughts and in my own self and so most of the time I forget that other people are going about their days and their lives like right next alongside of me and yes I have the opportunity to interact with them and I should take advantage of that more but most of the time I'm so in my own thoughts and whatever I'm processing that it takes something drastic to pull me out of it like I was going to the bathroom the other day and I was opening the door outside of our bathroom and Jen was pulling it open at the same time and it was one of those where I was like visibly shaken and I got a reminder on my watch to breathe because my heart rate went up so much because I was just in my own thoughts like even going about my you know day-to-day life and activities and so um but I but I think that there's such a balance that I need to strike because when we get into the domains at least for me I am um pretty much equally in my top 10 I have six strategic thinking themes and four relationship building themes and so my basement is when I get too much in either side where I don't give myself enough time to think, which I think is such a natural, like, if I don't give myself enough time to think, it's not good. But the reverse side of that is if I give myself too much time to think and I'm not processing that with people or not interacting with people, I get drugged to the basement of all my strategic thinking themes because I need to have some sort of X put for that. Um, And I think just recently with a lot of stuff that's been happening in my life, I've been secluding myself, which has pushed all of my strengths into the basement not just my relationship building strengths because I haven't interacted with people as much but also my strategic thinking themes into the basement because I haven't given them the proper place um, or the proper balance with my other themes and balance was the word I was thinking the whole time and we talk about that and Mm -hmm. we believe that we know it yeah but we don't practice it well I think Mm -hmm. um some things that came to mind as you were talking, it reminded me of when we had um, our friend Jarell Roach mm-hmm. in our um, Academy on the Art of Joy. And yeah. so this is how I spent part of my time. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, here's a little visual. I have a notebook, and I literally have, there's probably close to 20 tabs in here that I've marked because there are words that I've heard other people say that I want to add to language and training. Huh. Or there are words that other people have said that I want to jot down or I want to put up somewhere so that I can see them. And I went back and looked through. I try to do this with this notebook. Yeah. Just There's reasons that I jot them down. Then I highlight why and I flag it if it's something that I want to add. And one of the things that he talked about in self-discovery is learning someone while you're learning yourself. Huh. And I love that related to the way that we invite others Hmm. so the joy of invitation how people come together and if we're learning someone while you're learning yourself and then um, unconditional belonging and a culture of invitation yeah so the bridge is to live from both sides and Hmm. you and I talk about this a lot here Hmm. about how can we hear someone else's perspective at the same time I know that if I can't feed my strengths If my strengths are not well fed, it's kind of like, sorry, Lauren, if you're listening, if my daughter, who is now adultish, if she needs a nap or a snack, it's the same way that she acted when she was three years old. Hmm. And she's not, it's this whole Snickers concept commercial, you know, that you're not yourself when you're hungry or sad or or mad or tired or whatever. Mm -hmm. So when my strengths aren't being fed, 
my I will immediately tank hmm. into the basement and then sometimes kind of fight against the balance. Hmm. So I live in a household full of non-communicators. Hmm. And I literally sometimes process information by talking out loud. I did it the other day on the phone, came up with a new idea and said, wow, that I just that came out of my mouth before it came in, before it was processed yeah. in my brain. Hmm. And Beth and I were talking about this relating to training yeah. and training certification. Not everyone's an extrovert. And do we set the mm-hmm. stage that as a trainer or presenter that you must be? Hmm. And so I'm going to work really, really hard this year with Beth to come up with activities that someone who is naturally inter- introverted can still be a great trainer. Mm. They don't have to have jazz hands. They don't have to be extroverted. They don't have to say, and here's why woo helps me to be in front of mm. you. They can be exactly who they are, which I think I I thought I had said, mm. but I didn't provide means. Okay, can I challenge you and Beth to incorporate an introvert into that conversation? Yes, absolutely. Whoever that already, is. Already have that right? in my plan. Because mm-hmm. you and Beth have very similar strengths yes. and you're both <laughs> more right. extroverted. Right. But I'm immediately mm-hmm. thinking about people yeah. who are great presenters Yum. who are naturally more introverted. Mm-hmm. They're softer spoken. Mm-hmm. They're careful. When they make a statement, it's powerful. Mm. Um, and I have a lot of strengths and be. Truly, Mm. for people who are more introverted, because it's really hard for me, being an extrovert, to not look for external validation. Mm. And I would love, love to be able to practice what I'm reading about and what I heard Mary Pfeiffer say um, when Maria Shriver um, interviewed her in the Meaningful Conversations podcast, and she was asking about, you know, where do men fit into this? And and Mary said, I don't want to talk about men. I don't, I'm not one. I don't know them. I don't study them. I know them somewhat, but I don't know them. I want to talk about women. And then she said, if you're, all of us need to do a self-check here. If we're looking for external validation, nothing Mm. will improve here. Yeah. And extroverts, I think, I'm going to speak for me. Allison, the extrovert, needs external validation. Mm. So in a household of people who don't communicate, I feel very lost. I feel very excluded. I feel a high level of disengagement. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how they're trying to be, but they may be more naturally introverted. But for me, all my strengths are in this, let's have joy and speak about it. Mm. And so I think that's really important for our mentors and our program coordinators to think about. Yeah. No one is going to feel the same way about walking around the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I also want you to know that sometimes, Tess, I don't want to talk to anybody either, hmm. especially if I've had to use woo yeah. for others all week long. Hmm. And I haven't been able to, not that I'm not, not that it's not self-serving for me to be up in front of people, Yeah. Um, but it's not, it's not balanced. So at the end of a day where I have to present, 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 I don't often get to to talk it out with someone hmm. and that would feed me and that would honor yeah, my strengths it and it would give me this feeling of accomplishment but often it just ends and I have a two hour drive home in yeah. silence and so then I'm not able to process and then that's when Wu can go into that basement was that good? 
what should I have done with this? What about this? And the mm. questions, the bottom um, the, uh, basement of input starts again yeah. with the uh and doubt. So I think what's interesting, um, based on your example, based on kind of what I've been processing too, is it's so much so much depends on our external circumstances, right? That push our strengths into the basement. So how do we work with that, right? How do you work when you can't control the home environment you're going back to, where you're full of a house full of non-communicators that is gonna push your communication to the basement? Mm -hmm. Well, so I was thinking about our words of the year are completely based not on external validation. Mm -hmm. And then I think about my friend Shane, who studied, measured, built hope. And maybe why? Perhaps it was because it was something that he needed. And so I think about what we do, and maybe even why we choose our words of the year, is because we're validating Mm -hmm. something that we need. Mm. And so... I think there are a lot of people right now that are in tough seasons. Yeah. I think I have no idea how many tough seasons people are experiencing. Yeah. Um, But I think just looking at some of the, I mean, the weather circumstances and the natural disaster sort of circumstances then add to that, you know, some of the difficulty in mm-hmm. our world today. Yeah. It's hard to be in a balcony, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of external ugh. Yeah. And um I'm thinking about taking a social media um hiatus. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> but I've been trying to be very thoughtful about when to do that. Hmm. So that it is not something that causes me more distress. And I think certain times, like right now, if I wasn't on Twitter to know what was happening um, in the area around me, I would have a hard time. Yeah. And it would not make me feel good. So is it maybe the first part of May? Is it when I'm going right into summer? But I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. the ways I use social media is not just for what's happening with everybody, but actually what do I need to know? I think we talked about this a a couple episodes ago. So... I think it's good for us to be able to, you and I mm-hmm. are lucky yeah. that we can sit here and be real mm-hmm. um, with whoever yeah. might be listening. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> but we can be real about mm-hmm. the strengths is not a sunshine butterfly thing. Yeah. It's really a deep level of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And what you just described mm-hmm. about the, that moment that you are sitting there thinking, no, these are actually related to my strengths mm-hmm. in the basement. Yeah. That's that's the aim level we we strive for. Yeah. Because you're recognizing that this is not a forever moment. Mm. Not a long term. You know yourself and you know your strengths well enough yeah. that you know it's not going to be a continuous basement. Yeah. Yep. And then what do we need to do? Mm-hmm. to lift those up into balcony. Yeah. I think that's good because I think the moment I recognized that that was a factor in some of the issues and hard times that I've been experiencing, I think it just helped me to say, okay, well then what 
what does it look like to be in the balcony? Because when you recognize you're in the basement, there's an, a fundamental opposite of that. When we talk about strengths theory, right? It's the, it's the balcony. So what does the balcony and my strengths look like? What do the external circumstances, what are the external circumstances, just like the ones that drive me into the basement, what are the ones that drive me into the balcony? And I think that's good to recognize, and I'm looking forward to this weekend couldn't be more well-timed this awesome hopefully my flight gets out of here um to go to chicago this weekend and visit my friends um, whom i love and who are both very much extroverts and will draw me out to be around people (laughs) and will make me interact with people which sometimes is what i is right now probably what i just need and so recognizing that as much as external circumstances drive us into the basement what are the circumstances that can drive us into the balcony so if you know that you go home right to that environment okay is there a circumstance that can drive you into the balcony beforehand do you have to have a happy hour every day after work i know that seems like a pretty good external circumstance to me well one of the things that i've been doing Mm -hmm. is writing yeah so that Mm. i am and it's it's a um, i mentioned this earlier in the jenna millie season but it's been something that it's not this notebook it's something that i just write in and i don't correct and i it doesn't matter if i um, can even read my own handwriting. It's more of a release yeah. of the words that I need to get out, and that helps me a lot. But I think, Tess, it's really important that all of us think about what do we need for mm-hmm. healing? Mm. And can we at least name a couple things that heal us or that help us move in that direction of walking out of the basement? Yeah. And what is it mm. that we need? For me, I need nature. So this has been a really hard season because I haven't been able to get out in nature, and I'm not yeah. used to this long of a period. Of n- nature heals me. Yeah. Um, it it is very introvert time for me. Mm-hmm. It's time for me to not hear anything else other than me. Um, as extroverted as I am, I don't like to exercise with anyone. Mm-hmm. I like to do that alone because I need that time. Typically in nature, this is the longest I've ever gone without being able to run outside. Hmm. Now, I know there are lots of people, Tom Miller, that run all season long. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I, I know my body. I also know my risk. <laughs> and yeah. I, I am very um, conscientious of that. But this is the longest I've gone without a hike hmm. at my favorite hike spot. This is the longest I've gone where, you know, it's, it's a challenge to find space to walk around. Yeah. And when I was thinking about that, because how many people live like that all the time? Mm-hmm. That they don't have access to a safe place to be out in nature or to walk or to do something that might heal mm-hmm. them. Um, I think that's given me some point of gratitude mm-hmm. that I have a gym, yeah. I can face the sun, I have my big picture window mm-hmm. where I can see the sunrise, I can go for a drive and look at the sunset. Um, I've had the, my windows down pretty consistently for a while I'm sure people are driving by thinking it's 34 but I'm so glad yeah to just have fresh air mm-hmm. yes that's good so what heals you mm. oh gosh for me it's it's travel when you're describing that I was like it is getting out of my normal routine mm-hmm. right which is an interesting thing I think because I'd, I'd love your opinion on this because I have high adaptability, so it might be a basement of adaptability when I'm in a little bit of a rut, but I was also thinking it might be a needing to function in discipline, which is 34 out of 34. But I think they can be one and the same, right? If those are least likely pairs like that, 
where so I think it's your learner and your need to explore mm, and discover true. true and I think that's been hard school right now it's been at such a slow pace so I have not been learning as much as I normally do and so my like I'm I think I'm starved for that too I thought about signing up for a piano or violin class or something like that you are you are destroying books oh my gosh yeah I'm up to like 40 I see your Instagram story I'm like didn't you just post two days ago about currently reading I'm like yeah I'm getting through one or two books or book every every day or every other day right now um (laughs) um okay so you need to explore and discover Mm -hmm. I think your coursework is very um controlled yeah, it is. It's controlled yep. learning environment. Mm-hmm. When I think your adaptability learner blend loves travel yep. because you get to discover. I'm assuming you're going to do things on this trip that you've never done before. I'm excited. Yeah, I hope hope so. Yeah. Are you staying somewhere you've never stayed before? Um. Well, w- yeah, with my friend. Um. But uh, she's in a new apartment, so that'll be fun. But I um will be going to her house via public transportation because we're so far away from the airport. So I'm excited to figure out which line I have to go to to transfer. I have to make a transfer. I already looked up my route to figure out. So I'm excited about that. I've been to Chicago a few times, so I'm not quite as excited. But I did. I don't know how much time we have left. Um, uh. I, okay, so I don't think I told you this, and here's great news for everybody here, which is why I think I there's something there's something in this that kind of clicked when you said, like, this question of what heals you. Um, I had a dream, and I don't dream, like, hardly at all, but right. I, had a, I had a dream. It was one of those, like, in-between after I'd fallen back asleep, like, semi-conscious dreams um, about London. And I've always wanted to go to London. I've always thought I want to live in London someday, love British culture, um, Later that day, Synchronicity got a an email from a cheap flight subscription service that had tickets to London. I've subscribed to the service for probably two years, never seen London pop up. It never gets discounted rates um, for this fall into like the next spring. So I booked a flight. Um, <laughs> I'm going to London um, on January 1st, so I still like 10 months, but I'm going to take my annual start of the year trip, and that's where I'm going to go. On New Year's Day. <laughs> on New Year's Day, I fly out, and then I come back on like January 6th, so I'll be there. I'll arrive there on my birthday. Um, so, okay. yay. <laughs> so we just talked about Law of Attraction, did we not? We just did. Just here in the office the we other did. day. And I was just th- kept thinking like synchronicity. I'm like, and it isn't even like law of attraction. To me, it was like that was connectedness saying, okay, I think I'm supposed to do this because it wasn't just I was seeing it. Like I've gotten hundreds of emails from this cheap flight service. Also, you have mentioned London quite a few times, mm-hmm. if you'll recall. I'm also wearing my Beatles shirt. I saw that. <laughs> you have mentioned London quite a few times. I think even in, it's come up in different presentations. Someone Probably. asked us a question about living. Oh, where? Yep, where? Was she, yep. So this is law of attraction <laughs> in a lot of ways. So this is a whole other Jen and Millie episode, but I've yep. been learning more about the law of attraction and trying to put messages out to the universe about the things that I hope for. So I went to Mullen and was completely in awe. And I hope you're listening, Sookie. Um, I Sookie, love Mullen. Oh. And I love Sookie because she is who I hope to be. She said, well, I just got back from a a trip, and I believe, and I hope I don't get this wrong, the St. Thomas area. And she told me that in her email, and, you know, then she was adjusting back to the weather, and then she'd gone to Washington and adjusting back to the weather. And I said, wow, you're just, like, traveling. And she explained to me that she had gone on a, um, I thought it was a cruise. 
It was not a cruise. It was a sailing. Stop. It's like a Stop. like a catamaran, but not a catamaran. And I asked her specifically, I don't know if you saw this in our strengths wrap up. Yeah. I asked her to send me the information about it and she did. <laughs> and now I have on my bucket list and also I will be doing some law of attraction and manifesting around. <laughs> you you're on the ship. You're you're on the sailboat the whole time. And she said they rarely ported anywhere. Her brother's scuba. Oh my gosh. And so you and there were there were strangers. On on, on the boat. It's <laughs> like six days. So oh I gosh. thought this is awesome. Um, and before, I would have been completely out of my element to say that I would board a ship for six days with strangers. However, when I went to Wild, mm-hmm. I spent a, I spent quite a bit of time with 11 women I did not know. Yeah. And it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Mm. And I have, I, I've only been sailing once. And that was the same kind of setup. It was strangers. And I got to experience... I saw dolphins. I saw whales. I, I mean, I saw all of these incredible things, and I loved it. And I've always wanted to sail again. And when Sookie said that, I'm like, <gasps> so I now have a board. Um, I've had a board called um, Bucket List. Yeah. And I add those things, and I also try to plant seeds about it mm-hmm. because the law of attraction means that what we put our energy and effort in thoughts, what we think about, yeah. will manifest. Now that is, that makes sense to me. If we're manifesting. Connected. <laughs> well, I know. Of course it makes sense But to if you. we're sitting around talking about how horrible things are, yep. that's what we're going to see. Right. If mm-hmm. you are thinking about how amazing the world is and you're mm-hmm. in gratitude or you're thinking about Chicago, Chicago, Chicago on St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. like you got to be kidding me, that's awesome. Oh my um, gosh, that's a bit scary. That's a lot of people for me. But when you're putting that out there and then it, there it yeah, is. There it is. And so when Mm. we think, when any of us think about what would heal us, I think we need to think about what are we putting our energy and our effort into. And I'm just as guilty about this. I can get stuck really easy Mm. and get really mad and super frustrated Mm. and that it's hard for me to come out of that. This is something that Mm -hmm. heals me. When we get to do this, Mm -hmm. whether it's in the office or like this. And I get a little bit nervous about change you know what the yeah. change of office looks like I've come mm-hmm. um, become very reliant on being able to have you right across sharing my thoughts with because that helps me process but it also helps me think about what I'm putting out to 9,000 matches yeah and I need external conversation about it so I, I get a little what's this gonna be like um, but I also think mm-hmm. recognizing to be able to say I'm gonna need this Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll have to get creative about how yeah. we find how w- where will Jen and Millie happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the small conference room, I have it planned and booked. Um, don't worry. <laughs> um, I think that's so good. That's why I think I love that question of like, what do you need and what heals you like in tandem? And it's reminded me so much of um, my spiritual director has been kind of challenging me to practice centering prayer. And um, it is essentially like, you know, the Christian form of meditation. So you find whatever word you need. um, And it's a, I mean, it's an ancient like Benedictine practice, uh, whatever word you need. And there, I have my little app and it has a prayer from Father Pedro Rupe to open and Father Thomas Keating to close. And in the middle it gongs and gives you whatever a lot of time, 10, 20 minutes, and then it gongs again. Mm -hmm. So it's so funny because I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is exactly what people in other 
faith traditions do. And I'm just, I think it's just so funny. I've just been wrestling a lot with like how we tend to call people heretics, you know, if they're like one step outside on something that's not essential, right? Right. <laughs> um, and so, but anyway, so I've been practicing this and I think it's been, I think it's been really helpful for me because I think it even just the practice of saying, what do I need makes me pause and evaluate where I'm at. Right. If I didn't, right, it totally is. It's my word of the year. It's just crazy. But it's the idea that I can't, if I'm in a hard place, if I don't stop and recognize what I need in that moment, I will continue in that hard place until Mm -hmm. something else stops me. Yes. And so getting in the practice, I think, when we talk about the tough side of strengths, which there is one, and it's so beautiful and it's so real, and I it drives me nuts when people say strengths is really surface level or it's all like sunshines and butterflies. And I'm like, oh my gosh, people, you're not doing it right because it's so, strengths are so innate in who we are. You're missing and what is, what it could be. What What's beautiful about it. And so being able to wrestle with and say, okay, something's not right here in my life, how it is. I need to stop and evaluate and recognize what is going wrong, right? If that's my strengths in the basement, if it's something externally that I need to rid from my life, if it's whatever it is. And so in order to say, okay, and what do I need to accomplish that? And then I think that that question of what do I need helps us to get to like ground level, right? Out of the basement to kind of ground level. But then what heals me is the question that gets us into the balcony, right? right. It's what brings right. me life. It's, it's I need something that can help drug me, you know, drag me out of the basement. And then I think when we get to ground level, then we're like, okay, I'm probably good, right? But then we slip right back to the basement because we haven't gotten to a place of healing. We've just gotten to a place of like treading water. And this is like so many analogies I'm realizing, but I'm even verbally processing this now of like, okay, when I think I am at a place of being okay, then I slip back into the cycle of going into the basement. It's because I'm not taking the next step of getting up to the balcony of saying, I can't just keep doing life. I need to carve out time for that, which brings me healing. If it's getting out in nature, I know that my next two weeks of work, no matter how much I do, is not going to be helpful for me or anyone around me if I don't take this afternoon off to be in nature. Yes. Right? And I think that's really important. I mean, we talk about the phrase self-care, and that gets overused, and people roll their eyes about it. But it's truly knowing what you need. Mm -hmm. Think about your third-grade self or your second-grade self. Um, I think a lot about, and I've had some conversations recently um, with a friend who has a daughter who has had the same um, sort of struggles that Lauren did with um, some anxiety things when she was young. And I used to say to Lauren, you know, she became very dependent on, where are you? Mm -hmm. You know, I need to know where you are. When are you coming? Like, you need to come get me. Where are you? And I went on every field trip with her for Mm -hmm. a long while because of the anxiety about getting sick. So we used to practice, where am I? And I would hold my hand over my heart, and she would hold her hand over her heart. And we were practicing, mom's right here. Mm-hmm. And it was a soothing kind of thing. Like if you look into some of the research around anxiety, um, tapping, yeah. it's a return to present. Yeah, It's a reassurance that you've got the tools mm-hmm. that you need to get from this very difficult moment to maybe just a baseline. Mm-hmm. And then we'll work on the other stuff when we get to baseline. Yeah. But it's really all of us mm-hmm. need to learn how to practice the self-care for the dragging out of the basement yeah because and the other thing I think that we want to make sure that we clarify this is not saying that if you're going through a depression or you're going through something that I mean you just don't that's different 
Yeah, this is so. This is, I think, a recognition of we all have crappy days and moments where we can get stuck. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think, I love what you said, Tess, about if I don't do something here for me mm-hmm. in these next two weeks, self-care-wise, yeah. I'm going to continue in this stuck until it gets to a worse level yeah. of stuck. And then think about all the people around that are affected by a worse level yeah. of basement. And I think about that a lot. I can't be my best self. It's that whole concept of, you know, the oxygen mask. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't be my best self to serve mm-hmm. 9,000 or even in mm-hmm. my own family unit if I can't get myself a little bit yep. unstuck. So what we're doing today helps me yeah. and it heals me good. a lot. I'm glad. And I so I hope that. for those of us, both those of us, those of you who are listening, mm-hmm. if you can relate to this, yeah. let us know. Yeah. Help us understand what heals you. Mm-hmm. What do you need? Yeah. Um, and how can we help with that too? Yeah. Are there some topics mm-hmm. here we could talk about that might help with some of that getting unstuck? Yeah, definitely. We'd love to hear that. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. We'll wrap it up there. Um, thanks for tuning in to episode 36 of Jenna Millie. Um, We're new to the podcasting world, so give us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice and share this conversation if you want to. And, man, that's vulnerable of me because I felt like I was very vulnerable in this conversation. But, sure, share with whomever. As long as I get to sit here in the office and, you know, not have to put a face to the name of someone who knows my deepest, darkest secrets. But to interact with us, if you would choose to do so, um, please uh, uh, share the kind of the answer to the questions kind of we posed here uh, please give us a follow on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Thanks, everybody. Until next time.